Welcome to the Grace World Podcast. I'm Dan Hewitt. I'm Becky Hewitt. And this is going to be episode number two, which we're going to talk about some law and grace and nomenclature. Hey, it's snowing outside. It is looking to be a lot. We have a promised snowpocalypse and the snow has finally started falling. <laughs> Here we go. It's a good day to just sit in the house and talk about Jesus. Talk about why we love him, love God. So I think it's important before we start talking about big ideas and God and our relationship with him that we just um, let our hearts settle a little bit and we enjoy his presence. Just be aware. His presence is always with us, but just be aware of him and what he has in mind for us today. So I'm just encouraging you as I talk and I, I, I hope you're looking at something beautiful or in a space while you're listening um, where you can just set your mind at ease for just a minute and enjoy uh, resting in his presence as we talk about this. So our goal here at Grace World isn't just to talk about God, talk around God and talk about stuff, but rather to have some places where we can actually spend time contemplating who he is what he's like, what our relationship is to God, um, what he wants to do in our lives, what he's planned for us, what he has accomplished in us and will do through us. So we just want to invite you into that space, which is where we are right now. And so even now, we mm -hmm. are walking in the presence of God, mm -hmm. delighting in him and exploring the things that he wants to unfold for us and the things that he has before us. Mm-hmm. So, last week, we spent uh, a while kind of doing some introductory things, and one of the things we started talking about, Becky and I, afterward, was what do some of those words mean? If people who come listening to us from either different backgrounds or others might be confused sometimes by, especially the Christianese or even in different denominations, different backgrounds, uh, terms mean different things. So that we want to spend a little time going through, especially when we talk about law and grace. Those are probably the biggest two of what do those words really mean? So what do they mean? Good question. Okay. The problem, I'll, I'll, I'll ahead, talk about grace. You get to talk about okay, law. Okay. So we'll talk. <laughs> Here's the problem with when we use the word law. Law, even in the Bible, is used at least three or four different ways. So when we refer to the law, we can be referring to the Ten Commandments. We can be referring to the Pentateuch, that is the first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers. Law can also refer to the entire Old Testament, although that's usually in the Bible, that's called the Law and the Prophets. And then we have the whole issue of law as something that governments put out. And to some degree, a little bit of the Pentateuch, the first five books, was a little bit of governmental law. It was a mix of various things. In fact, I think sometimes when people break it down, they talk about there was um, moral law, which is, you know, don't kill, don't steal, things like that. There were food laws or dietary laws that talked about what things you could eat. 
and there were ceremonial laws, what things made you clean or unclean, or and also like uh, Levitical laws. What did you have to do if you committed certain sins? What was the appropriate sacrifice and so forth? So in the context here that we are talking about, of course, is as Christians, we are talking about Yahweh God who uh, created the world and he talk a little bit, Dan, why, why did he even need a law? Why are there laws? Oh, that's a good question. In fact, that's something I guess that is a big debate in the church sometimes because I think a similar question that goes along with that is, are we as Christians to obey the law? Are we under the law as in the covenant relationship of the Old Testament and what is our relationship to the law? So I want you to even step back further. Why did God create a law? Ooh. Why did he give the Ten Commandments and start this whole law process? Okay, so I guess we have to go way back in the way back machine, <laughs> all the way to the garden. So what was our state in the garden? Did we have... I wasn't in the garden. You weren't there? No, were you? I, I got, I got a, a book that was written about it, but I wasn't actually <laughs> there. So the state in the garden was... With Adam and Eve, we're talking about yep. the beginning of time when God created the world and he created all the things in nature and then he created the crowning glory of nature in the natural world, Adam and then Eve, to represent humans to manifest God's uh, presence, glory, character. He gave... That's a dog. Um, yeah, he created dogs too. Noisy ones. He gave humans flesh and skin and minds and hearts so that we could represent in a natural way, in a material way, here on this material world things that we can actually touch and feel. Um, it, it was a way of him making something to show what he's like, to show him, to, to represent God's self, God's glory. Okay. So he created all that. And we have Adam and Eve. And Adam and Eve, when he created them, they were completely aligned with God. They represent, they, they didn't just represent, they were a, uh, uh, in his glory, in his presence, there was no separation between them and God. They knew God. They oh. knew God completely. And, and even though they didn't have any clothing or anything on their bodies, they had everything they needed and they lived fully. They lived full lives. So then... Yeah. So, okay. okay. So in fact, yeah, the glory of God, right? Because it says that man was created in God's image. And part of the purpose of the creation of man is to replicate, to advance and to multiply the image of God. In fact, that's what the uh, whole point of them going forth and multiplying wasn't just about having kids for the sake of having kids and more people. It was for the sake of multiplying the glory of God. So the God's revelation his glory his goodness all the things about him could be seen even more and more so yeah. if we look yeah so now let's go look at that initial state were adam and eve under any sort of law because they had basically one rule which is don't eat from that one tree it says give them they could do 
And basically, there was no rules against any behavior. They could eat from everything in the garden with Mm -hmm. the exception of one tree. Mm -hmm. And I guess technically you could argue whether or not they had one rule or even, I would put it another way, they had one choice. And what God was allowing them to do. They had lots of choices. They had lots of choices, but they had one choice vis-a-vis the relationship with God, which is, do you follow me, walk with me, do all the things, whatever, enjoy life with me? Yeah. Or their work was good. Their work was um, purposeful. The work that Adam had, his first job of naming all the animals, the fact that they were supposed their their first command actually their first command was to rule and subdue the earth which just meant to tend to it to tend to the garden to tend to the animals to care in the way that god cares for his creatures his earth his people that was their first instruction and then we get to what right we oh. get to the trees the, the big or, trees the big or so the or the other side of the or is or 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 yes is you can do everything you want pretty much mm-hmm. or you can go down behind door number two which is to eat of the ta- knowledge the tree of the knowledge of good and evil notice that all those words in there are important yeah yeah so before if you th- break that down before they ate they did not have a knowledge of good and evil. Yeah, that's an important point. So what did they have? God. They had God. They had his glory. They had his wisdom. They had his voice in their spirit and their ear all the time. Some even believe that he walked with them physically. I don't know how that went. But um, also there's, a. this is a huge rabbit trail, but I'm going to say it. There's, there's um, quantum physics and such to... Um, intimate that there was other dimensions when God originally created the world that we actually have possibly up to 10 different dimensions that um, what if they actually were free and allowed to move within those dimensions I don't know but that's what I said like our our uh, modern mind thinks that we know what Adam and Eve were experiencing I I have a feeling we really have no idea what they were experiencing as the first people that God created on the earth and the glory and the richness and the delight and the ecstasy of being with God completely, fully, nothing in between them, no thoughts ever of doubt or worry or what if, none of that, none of that was part of their paradigm. Well, that's kind of interesting. So what changed then after they chose to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil? Now, what the serpent promised, the shining one, if you read the the Hebrew, it's kind of a weird word. Mm-hmm. What he promised is they would be like God in knowing good from evil, that he would know more. And so that's often the... The lie of Satan is to promise us something we already have. So in his case, he said, you yeah. will be like God. And it's like, well, they already were. They, they were, were the image of image. God. Yeah. They were the image bearers of God. Yeah. But what they got as the fall is they lost something in that relationship and in that understanding of the following and walking with God, where now law, the... Um, 
good and evil pervaded. Now, this seems like something that should have existed before in mm-hmm. the sense of men being conscious of good and evil. Mm-hmm. But what it now means is, and there's a great, by the way, a great book by Dietrich Bonhoeffer called Ethics, and he really covers this in the first part of the book, where the result of this fall the fall, the, what does that mean, the, the fall? The fall, they fell from the grace that they walked in with God. So yeah, that's another good word we use a lot, mm-hmm. the fall. So it's when they chose to sin, they fell out of that same relationship. It doesn't mean they no longer had a relationship with God, but it was characteristically and significantly different. Yeah, they stepped out of it. I actually don't like the word the fall because that means they didn't have a choice. But really, that's the whole point is that they did have a choice. And I'm not sure what happened before that. I don't know how many choices they had before the serpent arrived to them. We don't have that timeline. But they stepped away from the glory of God just for a moment because something distracted them. Someone, the serpent, distracted them for a moment and got their eyes and their ears and their spirits off of what it meant to live as God as their source. Yeah. So the net result, and this is according to, as you listen back to to the fall, sorry, to the fall. Yeah. Like what Bonhoeffer says is now the whole point of good and evil is we became judges at that point. Mm. So now from that point on, Mm -hmm. everything we do is based on a judgment of good and evil, Mm -hmm. not following God. Mm-hmm. So their original state was, we just walk with God and that's it. We're just with God. We're with Sometimes God. we're walking. Sometimes we're resting. Sometimes we're being. Sometimes we're thinking. It's but, living in the presence mm-hmm, of God. Mm-hmm. And now, after that choice, they have to evaluate. In fact, judge. And that's why we become so judgmental as people. We have lists. And now we're going to head into some talk on what the law brings. Later on, so even after the fall, after those days, a lot of people would say, oh, well, see, then they were cast out of the garden because of sin, and they can't be there, and God separated from them. It's like, well, God was still there. God Mm -hmm. was still around even when Cain killed Abel, and God said to Cain, I will protect you from the retribution. So even Cain, when he came in and said, hey, somebody's going to kill me, what are you going to do, help me out? God gave mercy. Again, we're jumping ahead to a story without explaining. You bet. I, we'll have to do that another time. Ah, sorry, this is the... Cain murdered his brother, Abel. They were God, the first kids. God, yeah, they were Adam and Eve's first kids. And God uh, obviously said, that's not going to go unpunished. So he put a mark on Cain. The mark was there, so he would not Oh, be sorry, killed. I said that backwards. So Cain was afraid right. that he would... Uh, other people, his brothers and sisters, I guess, who were the yeah, other people, on, yep, would um, more. try to kill him. So then Dan says, God still spoke to him, walked with him, mm-hmm. and talked with Provided him. Provided for him. Now, eventually, as we go another thousand years or so in history, you have all sorts of things happen, but eventually, probably a couple thousand years later, you have Israel arises as a nation. Mm-hmm. And when they come out of there, they were in bondage in Egypt. And when God brought them out, he made a covenant relationship with them. And a covenant is like a very serious contract. In fact, when you do a covenant, what they would do is make two copies of the covenant. Each guy, each party would have a contract. 
they would actually kill a guy, what, a sheep, a goat, a cow, like cow. four or something. They actually would do a couple of things. They would do multiple items. Then they would put that blood down on the ground, like in a little valley, and they would walk through the blood reciting the terms of the covenant. Now that covenant then, the idea was, may I be as these animals if I ever break this covenant. So the idea is it's a very solemn contractual relationship. Well, when God brought Israel out of Egypt, he established a set of rules, and that was his covenant with them. That's what we call the law. First of all, it was in the Ten Commandments, but then there was actually quite a bit added. Then basically you read the whole book of Exodus with Leviticus, and that's pretty much the majority of the rules, and those were really basically 613 rules that governed Israel. So can I step back again? Yes, I'm waiting for you to reply there. You you look (laughs) like you need to talk. The Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments were... um, rules as Dan said law the laws so that the people so now because of people not living in consistent uh, always walking with God they had now this propensity to choose evil bad so choices. they could make bad choices and those bad choices not only affected them personally but they also affected the people around them and we just totally blipped over the flood but the reason for the flood is that nobody was treating each other with any kind of God's character, righteousness, compassion, love, mercy, justice, all the things that God is. People were doing none of that and God had to wipe them out. So after the flood, many years after all that story, the whole point of having the rules was God saying, okay, I have to reestablish what my character is like on the earth and now i'm going to do that through the nation of israel i want israel who started with father abraham to be set apart from the rest of the world because men's man's propensity now because of us living apart from god is the opposite of god the opposite of god is gross (laughs) it's it's not good it's not his character it's hate and jealousy and pride and and evil things. So the law do not uh, love the first. Actually, the first commandment is love. love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and mind. Right? Yes. Am I quoting that love right? Love your neighbor as yourself. Those those are the first two commands, which is interesting, right? He doesn't start with a don't. He starts with a do. Do love God. That was the first commandment. So. He's trying to get men to get back into focus and understanding of what God's design is for people on the earth. Love is the first one. Then he went into the don'ts, the rest of them. Don't steal. Don't murder. Don't covet what somebody else has. Don't dishonor your parents. These just basic tenets of how to live together and how to be together while you think of, you know, while you're trying to be back to the original image of God that we were made in, which means that we are constantly connected to and with God. Right. Then they later added, don't smoke, do smoke, drink or chew or go with the girls that do. <laughs> no, actually one of the, <laughs> they actually, that would have, be in the book of Dan. No, not which my is book. Found <laughs> actually, what we find is, 
And, and here's the thing. Now we're going to head into really the law versus grace issue because you kind of look at what's the purpose of law. And there's a lot of arguing over exactly what the point is. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to understand the relationship between grace and law. Grace is God saying, I just want to give you good things. I've taken away your sins. Why? Yeah, Because it's the nature and character of God is to love and to enter into relationship and to have a love relationship of intimacy. So that's always his desire and goal. And the question happens is the rules... Well, why didn't the law? Oh. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, I keep jumping in. You I'm may so jump sorry. in. You're going there. Why did the Why didn't the law work? Because what's the law based on? The law is based on correcting behavior. So but that's how God intended it. No. So what's the root issue? So going back to kind of what I was saying, God's. See, this is the thing. We got to look at what is the goal or purposes of God. Is God's goal and purposes? to have relationship, intimacy, etc., or is God's goal to have good behavior in people? Mm-hmm. They're not uncorrelated, mm-hmm. but they're different things. Mm-hmm. And so what I would argue is his goal is the relationship. And when we're in that relationship, walking with him, the behavior part is automatic. And we're going to have a, there's going to be another whole lesson on that or a discussion, an episode where we kind of go into really what it means to walk with God versus walk according to the flesh. And that's another word we'll have to define and talk about and so forth. But ultimately what God is saying is if you walk with me, in fact, you see this in the book of first John, it says, if we walk with him, we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. In other words, we won't sin. Ever? Ever. If Ooh. we are walking with him, That's a bold statement, we Dan will not sin. You heard it here, folks. That's right. Yep. And no, I'm not saying I have successfully done that <laughs> always. Nor I. So Almost, but not quite. But what happens is we often get the cart before the horse, and we just say, if I would behave then that must be the thing that God wants. Yeah. And we're not saying behavior is a bad thing. Obviously, good behavior is better than bad behavior, of course. Mm-hmm. But the question is, is that the goal? Yeah. yeah. And th- that, I think, is the key element. Right. And so what happens is people assume if we could just get people to behave, we will then have a good relationship with God. So a great example of that is somewhere around, oh, what, five or 600 B.C., Israel had been so nasty as a nation, and they were just as bad as all the pagan nations around them. They were sacrificing their children. Mm, they were following false gods. They were doing all the nasty, you name it, stuff. And so as part of that, God said, I'm going to send you off into captivity for 70 years in Babylon. And actually part of that is they weren't following the rules that uh, required them to put do a Sabbath on the land, and they hadn't done that for 490 years. So if you do the math, they owed God 70 years of land Sabbath. That's where you farm the land six years, and then the seventh year you let it go fallow. So as a result, God says, okay, off to Babylon for 70 years. Well, after that happened, there was a group of rabbis 
that were called the Pharisees and actually eventually the Sadducees. And what they said is, wow, people really disobeyed the rules. That's why we ended up in captivity in Babylon. Mm -hmm. So what we need to do to fix that is make more rules. Because if we could just get enough rules, Mm. then we could get people to behave. So what Mm -hmm. they did is they took the 613 laws of the Old Testament and add a few thousand interpretations and additional laws on top of those laws to make sure that nobody ever did a naughty thing. Well, (laughs) what happened is what? Did they get the point of what God wants to accomplish? I'm going to say no because I know the end of the story, but... Oh, that's a good, just God, Jesus in the Bible. That's the, that's the answer. No. So did what, that make people happy or did that help them? Did that help them focus their attention on God and want to relate to God? That's really the question. Right. Did it draw them in? Did intimacy? they, with all these things that they had to obey, did that bring them into love with God and, and wanting to serve and follow and just be his child? And right. I'm going to say the answer. I, you know, th- these are big, broad, general right. questions. Maybe goal, there were a few. Right, Obviously, there was good. one. Mary, right. the mother of Jesus, she had a heart for the Lord. Mm-hmm. So obviously, there were some that kind of got it, I think, at some level. But as a whole, over the whole nation of general and these rule nation of Israel, sorry, and these rules that were established by the leaders, the Pharisees and others, that they were trying to make people stay in line, toe the line, that was burdensome and heavy on the people. So if you're if you're under leaders who are telling you there's this rule now, and now there's this rule, and now there's this rule, and now you have to follow this, and if you don't, there's punitive damages, does that make you feel like, oh, I feel like I can live my life freely and do whatever I want. At some level, having those parameters does help um, people feel at certain level safety. But when there just keeps being more and more and more, personally, I feel burdened by that. Mm -hmm. I feel like, wait a minute, the leaders don't trust me as a citizen or as a person in this team or whatever, whoever the leader is. They don't trust me to be responsible for myself and do what I need and want to do to further uh, grow myself and the people around me. And so I can, um, actually, I can't just imagine I have lived um, in that same understanding of God. Oh, all these rules, all these expectations that God has on me, God must not trust me. God must not want me to be involved with whatever it is that he wants me, the work that I'm doing in the kingdom of heaven, because I'm so bad because I'm not following all these rules. It just gets heavier and heavier and heavier and less freeing and more separate than I don't really want to be with God. No, thank you, God. You are too much. You are too much for me. You are too heavy. You've done damage to me. I don't want to be part of you. That's the opposite of what God wants, obviously. Right. So most of these rules ultimately are not from God. Yeah. I mean, if we go back, like a lot of people think, oh, the Bible's nothing but a bunch of rules. Well, if you think about it, it's 613 rules to run an entire country. Mm-hmm. I, you know, the, uh, I think the last stimulus bill had more than that pages just to hand out money. So... 
you know, in the federal register is like a 50 foot long bookshelf of rules Mm -hmm. governing America. It's like, yeah, can we please get back to 613 rules? There are only 613 (laughs) rules in America. That sounds like a lot, but compared to what there actually are now. That's that's a pretty, yeah, the perspective. I'll take that. And it started with just 10. Can you imagine if there's only 10 rules? Right. And so the intent of the rules are good, right? So the the initial. Mm -hmm. So it's don't steal. Well, yeah, I can get behind that one. Uh, Love God. Yes, that's a good one. And so forth. All of those are good. So what happened with the Pharisees then is they started to interpret those rules. So when it, the Old Testament says you need to have a Sabbath day, okay, that's good. Take a day off. We agree. That's a good thing. Well, what the Pharisees started to do is, well, here's all the list of things you can and cannot do that count as work. And in fact, this is what Jesus got so angry about with the Pharisees. Because, mm-hmm. for instance, one of the laws he had was, or they had, was don't if you spit on the ground on the Sabbath, it has to land on a rock. Because if it lands in the dirt, you're making mud. And if you're making mud on the Sabbath, that could be used for a brick. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's work. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the level of detail they were putting into Mental it. Mental hoops you had to jump through. So, what, and that, so it moves from being protective of people to being oppressive to the people. Mm-hmm. And that's where Jesus did something like on a Sabbath, he went to heal a guy, a blind man. And what he did is he spit in the dirt made mud rubbed in the guy's eye and the whole point was this is what i think mm. of your bonus rules <laughs> and really so, didn't have to do with if you're blind you should put mud on your eyes right so now if we roll this backward so there are clearly rules and laws that should not be but let's kind of get us back to where we were with grace we weren't with grace we're still in the law well we kind of we, we hinted at grace. Hopefully you have a little better understanding of what, what our context is when we say the law. When we're talking on this podcast about the law, we're talking about the, the system that God set up in Leviticus for the nation of Israel to run and rule their country and how to care for each other and then how the Pharisees took it so much further right that's what that's what our context is we're not talking about united states laws we're not talking about laws of physics we're just talking about that moral code that's right 186,000 miles a second it's the law <laughs> the speed of light yeah yeah well don't exceed it that's what we're not talking about so. <laughs> okay so all let's, right now so, let's compare this to grace if yes, we go back yes. to the whole point of the life in the garden grace is god saying i want to reestablish that relationship i want to give you uh uh take away this guilt and shame that we have of all the failures we've done mm-hmm. and restore you back into that relationship mm-hmm. So when we say we're not under the law, that means we're not in a covenant relationship that requires Who's the we? St- we Christians. Okay. Technically, even you, if you're Jewish, you can still choose that, but you can also choose Jesus and choose a different covenant. So that covenant specifically was with the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. Now, we're not saying the rules are bad or wrong. We're just saying the relationship with God is not based mm. on those rela- those mm-hmm. following and the obedience of those rules. That's a good point. So if we're to walk with God, and we're going to have a wonderful, another whole podcast on 
seven words that you've got to know. That help you to walk with God? Yep. Okay. If you knew seven words, it will kind of clear up a whole lot on the relationship and walking with God stuff. So maybe mm. that'll be next week or after that. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to walk with God is the goal. And the behavior will follow when we walk in that relationship. When we focus on the behavior, what we're really doing is focusing on ourselves, which actually is taking us away from relationship with God. We're well behaved, but we're not involved in the intimacy with God that he's really calling us to. Hey, let's talk about intimacy because you've used that word a few times now. Um, What do you think of, guys? When you think of intimacy, think of, think of um, a relationship that you have or have had when you felt very close to a person. You, what are some of the things that, you, that help you to feel that close to that and connected to that person? Yeah, I'm giving space. <laughs> I, when I feel close and connected to Dan, my husband, I feel like we've had communication so that we both feel like we've been heard. I feel close to him when he does something or says something to me that he, like he initiated because he knows me. He, for example, this morning he came in and said, um, what would you, I was still in bed and he said, what would you like for breakfast? I'll make you an omelet or something yummy. He knows that I love to be treated special when I'm still in bed and have, you know, somebody else think about cooking food for me because I'm the primary cooker in the house. He, that, that drew me to closeness with him because he knows me and he wanted to do something to love me and prove that he loves me by doing that act of service. And so Um, for me, it helps as we're thinking through terms to pause for a moment and think about what the term means and relate it somehow to your actual life, because everything that is good comes from God. Everything that is good comes from God. Every time you feel loved, every time you feel cared for, every time you have provision, every time you have a creative thought. Every time you do something, it if it's good, it is from God. So when I think, when I sit and ponder for a second the word intimacy, I'm going to have intimacy with God. It helps me to kind of think about, well, I have intimacy with my husband or I have, in, I have a different kind of intimacy with my children or my friends. Uh, or even our the little doggy <laughs> that's in my house, you, may you know, or may not have heard anything, more. anything that's anything that draws me into connection with somebody else. That is also what God, what, what I get to have with God. So, and and it's a two way thing. I want him to love me, and of course he does. He initiates it all, but then he wants that back from me too. He wants me to think about him in an intimate way. Okay, God, I know that you love uh, peace. I'll just go with peace because that's a big theme in my life. All right, what can I do right now to give you peace? 
Lord, what can I do, Yahweh, to give you peace or to respond back to you in peace? Well, there's this worry in my head that I'm not going to get to go to church tomorrow because of the snow. Is worry peace? No, worry is the opposite of peace. So I can say, worry, uh, I don't need you right now. I'm putting you on the shelf. Instead, I'm just going to respond today in peace that I don't have to know whether or not I'm going to go to church tomorrow because of the snow. I don't have to make that decision until later. Right now, this morning, I get to just be free of worry. And when I offer that to the Lord, and when I, I'm not even offering it to him, I'm just communing with him in peace, we have intimacy. And that is why, that's what the, I, I believe that's what having relationship with God is all about, is that we relate to each other in intimacy, as Dan said, and a whole bunch of other ways too. But it's that trust, that place of understanding the other person and responding to them or initiating to them to, on, to, to um, relate to them, to give them uh, honor and give them joy and give them uh, that connection. So, Okay, so let me ask you one question to Uh-oh. contrast the law and grace. Okay. What if I came in this morning to ask you for breakfast, mm. but instead I said... Okay, you made dinner last night, so I guess I have to make you breakfast. Otherwise, you might be mad at me. Mm. Would you like breakfast? Shall I make you breakfast? What do you want? Mm. Would that have the same relational value? No. (laughs) Sadly, I'm sure my first reaction would not be, oh, let me bless my husband. Right. And I think sometimes we do that, even if we say it nicely or if I came in nicely and said that. But in my heart, I was like, dang it, I got to do this or else I'm in trouble. Yeah. The the growth in the intimacy, the relationship is just not there. And that's the goal is the goal of God is relationship to love him, to make him known, to be part of that, to walk with him, to delight in him. Mm -hmm. That's been the plan since the beginning. That's Mm -hmm. the way he's design things to be and too often we are struggling to do stuff to get to God Mm -hmm. rather than resting in what God has done and living walking and doing things because of God in us Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and that's the reason for grace which we didn't really go into what grace means so I think we'll probably have to do that one next is just really uh spend the as much as we can maybe a full session on what grace really is and isn't grace has getting gotten a lot of bad theology wrapped around it too um, in this modern day and age but it's grace is god's idea and it is a gift to us Mm -hmm. and it's definitely something we would like some time to share about what we think living in grace really means so. Okay, that's fantastic. So speaking of grace, you can come visit us more at <laughs> grace.world. 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 There's no coms, there's no www's, yep. nothing. Just grace.world. You can email us mm-hmm. at podcast at grace.world. And we really would love to hear from you. I don't mm-hmm. care if it's, I don't care if you want to yell at us and complain. I mean, just. I do. Well, I <laughs> don't have to feel those. I'd rather that that wasn't a problem. <laughs> but 
but I'd rather hear from you and know what we can do or how yes. we can have a conversation. Yes. Talk to us, send us ideas of things that you want to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, send us your thanks, send us your blessings, send us whatever you want to have for feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, just do something, contact us in mm-hmm. some way and let us know that mm-hmm. somebody's listening and getting something out of this. But I'll just give a little shout out to my friend Vicki Becker, who actually listened last week and sent me a text um, about it. And that just made me feel so uh, loved, honestly, for Vicki to actually listen and respond. My mom did too. So it, it, we're not doing this to get your response, but it definitely... We want relationship with people. We well, don't want to just, too. Yeah, yeah, we just don't want to throw our ideas out into the air, um, and think that um, it doesn't matter because we are doing this because we think it does matter. We are all about relationships. Um, we're not. We're learning how to do them better. We don't do them well sometimes, but we do want relationship with God and with people and with each other. So. We love you. Thanks again.